Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. What's your nerve? Blind spot six five one six four one one zero seven one. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show. My talk one zero seven one. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. Hi. Bradley, why are we asking? What's your nerd blind spot? And what does that even mean? Why? Well, okay. So here's the thing. I was chatting with a friend yesterday uh, at the gym about that new Lord of the Rings series, which. Truth be told, I haven't started watching it because I'm downloading it furiously to my iPad to watch on vacation. So I can sit down and just enjoy it in one. I don't even know if all the episodes are out. That's how out of touch I've been. But anyway, you don't care about that. What you care about is that's where I was having this conversation like friend watched it. And I said, so does it live up to the hype? Because I've heard great things. And then he started doing this thing where he's like, well... You know, it's really good, but it's not as good as it could be. But I think it's because, you know, I'm such a huge Lord of the Rings fan that I'm Mm. willing to cut it some slack. But it's still great. And so then we went down this whole road of like, which I totally understood the language he was speaking. Because I do that all the time, whether it's Lord of the Rings or Doctor Who or like, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. particular thing I'm a fan of. If I'm a real, I I think if you're a real fan, even if you're critical of something, you kind of cut it some slack because you love it so much. Mm -hmm. And so then I thought, you know, I I bet other people have that very same thing, whether it's a TV show, a movie, or, you know, an artist, a musician, etc. So 651-641-1071, where's your nerd blind spot? And for me, obviously, it's Lord of the Rings. I mentioned Doctor Who. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are others, I'm sure, and I'm sure the two of you have plenty as well. Oh, yeah. 651-641-1071. What is your nerd blind spot? spot. What's your nerd blind spot? I mean... how much time do you have? Uh, Grey's Anatomy, for sure. Oh, you God. can see that in full view on this show. Uh, because you guys love to poke fun at the fact that I still watch that show. But I will. I give it a wide berth. So you don't even, uh, like, again, it doesn't even matter if it's good. You're still in. I Yeah. I mean, the, like, I don't even know that I can see it as not good. I feel like I'm so invested in the characters. So and even and if it's I'll like, even defend it. Like my husband will be like, gosh, this plot line is so dumb. And I'll be like, get out of the room. <laughs> Don't talk about my show ever. Like that. So you are just like, you're full in denial. Kool-Aid. You can't even see the reality. I in front am of you. gulping <laughs> the Kool-Aid. All right. Six five one six four one one zero seven one. What is your nerd blind spot? I will tell you that my partner, he is a huge Madonna fan. Uh, anybody that knows him knows mm-hmm. that that is a fact, and uh, that is one hundred percent the case. But the thing that I love about him is that he he will see it because you know 
it used to be kind of fraught like, oh, I wonder if he realizes this latest Madonna album is not as good as it probably should be. And, you know, like you feel bad whenever you, you confront a fan about something that you're like, oh, right. well, that's that person's best work. But I know they're a fan. I don't want to hurt their feelings. He is fully one of those people who will be like, oh, it's crap. Mm-hmm. But I love it. And then he'll tell you like the 20 reasons why you should love it, too. Mm-hmm. And I, I do love that about him because he's, you know, it doesn't matter. Like he knows, like, you know how we find those stories about Madonna where it's like Madonna, mm-hmm. you know, shows her butt butt parts. Yep. And we're like, why would you do that? And he'll be like, oh, God, it's miserable. Why would she do that? But he still loves her. So he's like totally, yeah. totally fine with the fact that it's miserable. He doesn't care because he loves Madonna. He loves Madonna. 651-641-1071. What is your nerd blind spot? Holly, do you have a nerd blind spot? Yeah, a few of them. My beloved, the Beatles. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whenever somebody says the Beatles are overrated, it's like, oh, stop being contrarian for Uh, contrarian's sake. Yeah. Now, like, like, let me push on that a little bit and say, do you think... That the Beatles are like not overrated because that's a loaded term, but, but like, you do you the appreciate case? the the criticism of the Beatles that people have? Like, are you willing to entertain it, or are you just like get off my lawn? I'm willing to entertain it in certain aspects, but in others, it's like you just don't understand, man. Mm. Or know? yeah, I bet you have criticisms of the Beatles as a fan. Oh yeah, that are probably too deep for the general public to even understand but if you were with another beatles fan you you could engage in a conversation about oh sure full-on respect and actually think that john lennon was a big jerk but i'm still willing like jamie to give some concession to that Mm. but my fandom is not so of the beatles that i can't respect a little bit of like Okay, I get why they're not your favorite. Yeah. yeah. That's totally respectable. I understand that. Yeah. Enjoy what you enjoy. When something this is this is what I love um about fandom is like when you become a fan of something if you weren't previously, I think there's sort of like an awareness that like there are people because people do this all the time. They're like, oh, that person's so overrated. And I'm like, maybe you just don't appreciate them the way other people do. Right? Right. Like, maybe you're just, like, what, but once you actually do appreciate it, like, for, I'll give you a good example. Okay. Barbara Streisand, I think, is one where I was like, oh, my God, who, like, Barbara Streisand, why is she, like, mm-hmm. a big star? Barbara Streisand. Barbara Streisand. Like, why is she such a cultural phenomenon? And then I actually, like, did the work and sat down and appreciated her work for what it was. And I was like, okay, now I get it. And so you know somebody has done something in the culture if people respond with a statement like oh that person's so overrated or they're right. contrarian like like holly said right yeah no that's a good point uh well thank you for this scintillating conversation when we return on the colleen and bradley show um holly mentioned something yesterday about the rocks respect for brendan fraser And I said, I've got a lot of questions. And those questions, I think, might be questions that other people also have right now. Because we are experiencing a major comeback of Brendan Fraser. Mm -hmm. But you may be wondering, like I was, I don't quite remember 
why he went away. Oh. So I did the research on that. And I'm going to share it with you if you've had questions about why Brendan Fraser is such a big deal right now and why his comeback is so meaningful. We'll go through that when we come back after this on My Talk 1071. Welcome back to the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. And, uh, you know, yesterday Holly was uh, sharing a story that um, has been making the rounds about The Rock and his respect for Brendan Fraser. And uh, when Holly delivered that during a Dirt Alert update, I thought, gosh, you know what? I have a lot of questions and I want to have a discussion about Brendan Fraser. But at the time, we just didn't have time. Well, I thought, well, you know what? I want to have that conversation. And now is the time because I think that the questions that I have been having are probably ones that are commonly held by many people who maybe don't recall the entire story around Brendan Fraser and why this comeback that he's uh, he's sort of mounting uh, in the movie The Whale is such a big deal. So do you have a, I mean, I know people have been sort of talking about it and buzzing about it, but Bradley, do you have a memory of what, you know, like what made Brendan Fraser go away? I don't. I just remember that he did go away and it was sort of unceremonious or at least that's my memory. You're right. So, okay. So all of this, like the actual kind of overview of the story actually goes back to a 2018 GQ article written by Zach Barron. And it's an interesting uh, profile of Brendan Fraser um, because it is about his disappearance. And the in the start of the article, the two of them are talking. Yeah. And Brendan Fraser basically tells about kind of how his body suffered as he played different roles, specifically in The Mummy. Um, he says by the time they did the third Mummy movie, he was like held together by tape and ice. Like he just, his body, he is a, he is a man of stature. And he was doing a lot of stunt work. And so he kind of held it up to that. But then after a couple meetings, uh, as he's taking part in this GQ profile, Mm -hmm. he finally kind of comes forward with a story. And this is a story that is heartbreaking. And it absolutely, you can understand why Brendan Fraser made the choices he made to, to kind of retreat from Hollywood. Okay. He puts it up in part to some of the ways that his body had suffered in, in the profession. But what he then does is tell a story about an incident that happened, uh, in, um, wherein he, how do I, okay. So, uh, he, okay, well, I want to really quickly backtrack. The The person who wrote this article, Zach Barron, is like ready to go to print with it, basically. And then the gets article. A, the article. And then gets a phone call from Brendan Fraser. And he yeah. basically says, I, I have to tell you another story. And this is a really important story to tell. And he explains a story that happened in the summer of 2003. This occurred at the Beverly Hills Hotel at a luncheon that was held by the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Uh, and that's, of course, as you know, this is the organization that holds the Golden Globe Awards. Oh, of course, or used to. Right. Thank you. And um, as Brendan Fraser tells the story, he was on his way. And I'm going to I'm just going to say the words because I actually think it's really important to hear how Brendan Fraser describes what happened sure. in the same way that we um, have said really difficult things about how women have been treated by men. 
Brendan Fraser says the following thing happened. He was on his way out of the room and he was beckoned over by Philip Burke, who was the former president of the HFPA. In the crowded room, and here are the words that are in the GQ article, okay? And I'm just trigger warning, okay? Uh, Burke reached out to shake Frazier's hand. Much of what happened next, Burke recounted in his memoir, was also reported in the New York Times. Uh, he pinched Brendan Frazier's rear in jest. This is according to Burke. Okay. Frazier says, Brendan Frazier says that's not what happened. Oh. What he did was more than a pinch. Oh. And here's the quote from Brendan Frazier. His left hand reaches around, grabs my butt cheek, and one of his fingers touches me in, I see now I can't even say the words, in the very deep rear area. Oh, gosh. He starts moving it around. Says oh, Brendan gosh. Fraser. Oh, God. And he says, in that moment, in a crowded room when this is happening, Brendan Fraser was overcome with panic and fear. And he says he eventually was able to remove Burke's hand. He said, quote, I felt ill. I felt like a little kid. I felt like there was a ball in my throat. I thought I was going to cry. He ran out of the room. He went past a police officer. He couldn't bring himself to confess. To confess. I mean, that like the, that's the word that makes me yeah, like feel he sad. Like he has confess. nothing to confess, right? Report. Um, and then when he got home, he told his then wife what happened. He says, quote, I felt like someone had thrown an invisible paint on me. Um, now, what's interesting then is fast forward to the year where um, Time's Up became kind of the, the motto. And at the Golden Globe Awards, Brendan Fraser is watching the Golden Globe Awards. He's not there. Yeah, and all these uh, women and men are wearing the pins that say "Times Up," mm-hmm. and who's at that particular oh, Golden Globe no. Awards? But Burke is, and he's wearing a pin as well. Um, and I think you know that is the story that I had not heard. Yeah, no, I don't. We did not hear that story. I, and I am I am sad that we didn't hear that story because I think it's a very important important story you know it's interesting because what when you were telling that story it sounded very much like the, you remember the terry cruz story yes that's i was like this sounds like the terry cruz story remarkably similar right right like being violated and you know yeah it, it is a huge huge that's a huge story so th- yeah so he's telling this story this is in 2018. Yeah. So clearly the media was not ready to hear this story. Right? Because we were not talking about it. it. Got and if we did, we have unceremoniously uh, paved over that memory. Well, and, you know, to be fair, no, I don't even want to make an excuse. A lot went on around that time. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of stories coming out about a lot of people who had been victimized in Hollywood. We skimmed over this one or missed it entirely. Yeah. And, well, and I'm also not surprised that we, I, I just, I think the media, I'm not going to say we, because I don't, we're not the media, but we're part of like, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if the media sort of didn't highlight the story because it was Brendan Fraser. Right. Meaning it was a man. Right. Not that, that, like I'm not applying any like sexism or I don't even know what to call it, but I'm right. saying that's not a story. You can imagine where the media was focused on other things 
And that's t- that's too bad for Brendan Fraser. It's horrible for him. Yeah, it's absolutely horrible for him. But and when you put all of those things together, I mean, he he there's and there's far more to the story. And I actually and also what happened to the accountability to that guy? Well, and that's the interesting thing. And that's part of why Brendan Fraser. I mean, it, you can see how that would lead to a ton of depression, a feeling of, um, you know, unworthiness in Hollywood when the person who essentially victimized you in a crowded room is still being celebrated uh, and is walking around kind of promoting something that you feel is counter to your experience with that person. Brendan Fraser carried a lot of that around. And there's more to this GQ article that tells about a story um, about a role that he almost took and how that went sideways and the bottom line is Brendan Fraser, the reason why this comeback is really important is because Brendan Fraser really, really, truly did have uh, a meteoric rise and a very, very confusing fall that now we actually can, we know why. Well, it almost seems like his career sort of did the, like, the Homer Simpson into the bushes thing. Like, right. he just kind of went away, and now he's come back, and there's this, you know, sort of vague non-recollection of why that was. And so, is he talking about that now? I think that that's a really good question. I have not because seen... Because of this movie? I mean, in the context of telling, you know, uh, the story I'm saying, like, in the run-up to this new movie, or here's, new Here's how I'm going to answer that. I have not, I have not sought out any interviews with hmm. him, um, but but I keep seeing headlines about how the whale is being received and how he's being so warmly received, and why this comeback is important. And then I did the deep dive to figure out what, yeah, the real story was mm-hmm. behind it, and I feel Thank like you. it could be. We should be talking about oh, it for more. sure. I'm glad you did. When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, dumb people doing dumb things. Crazy, stupid. Idiot. After this on My Talk 1071. Dumb people doing dumb things. We love to tell you about them on the Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainor. Hey. And uh, these are your crazy, stupid idiots. Well then, I guess one could say, that's a crazy, stupid idiot. Colleen and Bradley present CSI. It stands for crazy, stupid idiots. It sure does. Why? Well, because the world is full of crazy, stupid idiots. Dumb people doing dumb things repeatedly over and over again. Oftentimes in the state of Florida. 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 We'll get it. Thanks, Mariah. Oh, and sometimes other places. Like? Florida. Oh, yay. Where's What's going on? Um, actually, it's, this, uh, this happened in Florida, but it is regarding a Polk County Sheriff office person. Okay. Named Jason DePrima. All right. Um, he's actually a Georgia deputy police chief. Okay. A.K.A. a person who should have known better than to do what he did. Which what did he do? will follow right now. 49-year-old Jason DePrima of Kingston, Georgia. Again, deputy police chief. <sighs> well, okay. He was, he reached out to a gal 
during uh, from an online advertisement who he believed to have been a sex worker. Oh, now was he doing this like as a part of his job? He was in Orlando. He was a train. He was at a polygraph training workshop. And he saw this lie detector. Yep, exactly. Interesting. He saw an online advertisement and uh, for a sex worker. And he was like, I would like to enjoy myself on my work vacation. And so he police officer doing doing police work at a polygraph training workshop. So he engaged in illegal activity. Okay. What sent her a message and said, are you available tonight? I'd like to come see you. What is your rate? Ew. Uh, he agreed to meet and have relations with this uh, sex worker. Okay. But then uh, as the time grew closer, he got, he quote, got spooked and asked to meet her instead the next evening. So the next day he agreed to meet her and pay her $120 for a half hour of sexual activity. Okay. He showed up at their meeting spot with $120 in his pocket good place for it and i'm sorry 180 dollars in his pocket and a multi-pack of white claw hard seltzer in his pants no he was just holding that oh okay um because he was gonna get ready to party pockets all right so hold on i gotta tell you what he drove there he drove his undercover police cruiser of course i mean he's on a work trip with law enforcement, so this this all so far checks out. Are you ready for the kicker? There's a kicker? What's the kicker? The sex worker was not a sex worker. Well, what? Was she an undercover police officer? Of course she was. It's almost like he should have known better. He should have known better. How do you... How are... How do you... you hi! <laughs> Hello! Captain Obvious. Knock, knock, But you know, that. hence the crazy stupid idiot portion. Yeah, exactly. more like Lieutenant Dumb. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Uh, again, DePrima is the Deputy Chief of Police Administration for Cart- Cartersville Police Department. Well, maybe he thought the rules were different in Florida. He's also a graduate of the FBI Academy. Ooh, wow, nice. this dude really was horny. It, he was. He was so horny, he just looked all the opposite direction of, of uh, honesty and truth. And Yeah, he was... Whatever else they pledge. He was blinded by herniness. You think he saw one of those t-shirts at Spencer's that said FBI female body and Yes, actually he was wearing it at the time that yeah. he met the sex worker. Yeah, he was I'm a, gra- a female body inspector. He was a graduate of that FBI academy, turns out. Oh. What a dingling. Well, yep. he was arrested, I take it. He was arrested. Well, but we, what we don't know is if he was disciplined by... His um, police department or like his workplace. Yeah. That we don't know at well, this point. Let's hope he was. Yeah, that would be nice. Where are we going next? We're going to stay in Georgia. I mean, technically, we were not in Georgia, but the guy was from Georgia. Yeah. We're going to stay in Georgia for this next story. And this story is not your typical crazy, stupid idiot. In fact, um, you know, I, uh, if I told you this involved like a fast food restaurant, a person and a uh, an unhoused person, you might come up with like 
a whole different story. Like if I said Mad Libs, you've got these details. Tell me a crazy, stupid, idiot story. Uh-huh. It would not be the story I'm going to tell you. Okay. The story I'm going to tell you involves a student at Georgia State University. Now, she was working for DoorDash. Okay. And she popped over to Popeye's uh, last month. Her name is Joe, Joe Ortega. And uh, she was picking up an order at the Popeye's for her DoorDash. Okay. And that's when she saw a man who seemed hungry. And so she did what I think any altruistic human would do. She decided to order the man some chicken. Yeah. You know, like, hey, this dude needs some food. Yeah. I so have the ability to get him food. I'll I shall him order him some food. Chicken. Oh, nice. Pay it forward. Yeah. The problem is, she claims that employees at the store near Ponce de Leon Avenue would not allow the transaction. No, ma'am, said one employee. You can't do that. She said, why? He's hungry. No, ma'am, you can't do that. And then goes on to say, I could care less about you recording me, because I guess she was recording at the time. That is when uh, she says Popeye's workers called the police on her. Okay. Uh, Are you as confused as I am? Yeah. At that point, she says, at that moment, I was terrified. I thought I was going to get arrested. Maybe I should just call my family and tell them I might not be coming home tonight. Apparently, Atlanta police confirmed to the Fox News digital outlet that uh, the police were called to the incident and no arrests were made when units arrived on the scene and the, uh, the caller was already gone, which is interesting. The call was cleared with no arrest report. So, like, the person who called the cops wasn't even there. The officer pulled Joe to one side and said, I really thank you for doing that. Thank you for buying him food. I appreciate that. It sounds like Popeyes later went on to say in a statement that uh, they're going to be retraining the the employees and letting them know that there's nothing wrong with buying people food at their establishment. I cannot even... Isn't that weird? Well, it's weird and it's it's rude and it's gross. Yeah. And I will say the guy who she bought food for in a follow-up video thanked her for doing so. So honestly, when you first brought this up, I thought maybe they thought she was trying to buy the chicken for the unhoused person with the money from the account of the person she was oh, buying the DoorDash sure. for. Well, yeah. Which, in that case, I would say, like, okay, you yeah. You can't do like, that. You can't do that. No, but she literally no bought this she... guy, mm. wanted to buy this guy food, uh, and the, the employees were like, you can't do that. You people. Can't, you can't buy people food? Too better. Yeah. So, well, uh, and uh, in Popeye's in response, it says, we've ensured all employees at this restaurant have been provided with retraining to help navigate a range of guest interactions, such as the situation highlighted in this video. So corporate speak, like yeah. you couldn't have just said, uh, oops, that was our wrong. bad. We'll try better. Everybody's going back to training. Yeah. Free chicken for everybody. Bye. Bye. I want some chicken. Yikes. Mm. Mm, Popeye's. Yum, yum. Uh, shall we go to Buffalo, New York? Let's shuffle off. Let's shuffle off to, to Buffalo. Buffalo. Uh, we're going to meet 21-year-old Waylon Frears and 19-year-old Jakiah Williams. Okay. Hi, guys. They used to date. They used to be in a relationship. And um, they broke up. I don't know if they broke up because of the what, what originally happened or if what originally happened happened because they broke up. Okay. But she, Chicken or the she egg. slashed his tires a few months oh, ago. Oh, okay. Okay. That 
It's not good. But that's not what makes her a crazy, stupid idiot, right? Oh, like, wow. that's, you know, whatever. I wonders what actually did make her a crazy, stupid idiot. Well, she decided to call him up and say, hey, I'm sorry about the the tire slashing. I'd like to pay you back for those tires. And he was like, okay, I'll meet up that's with nice you. nice of her. Really nice. Really nice of her. Yeah. Seems like, you know, going a long way to make up, make amends. So they met up in the Burger King parking lot, and uh, she was like, I'll be there. I'll see you. I'll give you cash. Like, I'm so sorry. That was terrible of me. So they met up, and he rolled his window down to uh, accept the cash from her. And instead, what he accepted was a knife to his chest. Um, Excuse me? She stabbed him. Oh, my God. She stabbed him? Yeah. She was like. After saying to him, please tell me he survived. He's fine. Okay, good. He, he drove himself to the hospital. He's, he's not fine, but he drove himself to the hospital oh, God. and got oh. stitched up. Um, well, yeah, of course you drive yes. away the minute she stabs you. stabs you. Hit that gas pedal. So again, to recap, a few months ago, they broke up either before or after she slashed his tires. She called him and said, I'd like to pay you back for your tires. Let's meet up at the Burger King. And instead she stabbed him. Oh my God. Yeah. Cops did track her down. Did she get arrested? Uh, They found, yeah, they tracked her down. They found her with a knife and a three and a half inch, with with a three and a half inch blade. Oh my God. Yeah, she's facing attempted murder charges. Yeah, I would say that's a good that's a good charge. I think that's a winning charge because yeah. that sounds very murdery. Yeah, appropriate. Yep. Oh, there and you that's go. Terrifying. Yeah, if convicted, uh, she could spend a maximum of twenty five years Woo. in prison. There's Ooh. a better way to handle your. Yeah, it didn't outrage. go well. When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, it is time to play a game. That game is called The Throwback. Live! We're going to do that after this on My Talk 1071.